What's up, movie lovers? Welcome back to another episode of I Want to Talk About Movies. I hope everyone is being safe out there. Um, if you are able to go out of your house, make sure you're properly prepared. Wear your face mask. Uh, keep a social distance of at least six feet. I hope everyone's okay. I hope so. So where I live, we've been having a steady, um, a steady incline of people coming down with coronavirus um it seems to be getting a little bit more and more each day so i i can kind of feel that the stay-at-home orders are going to start coming in really soon um from what i understand a few places already have started the uh stay-at-home orders um we were lucky enough to have those uh gone for a little bit now it's looking like it's going to come back unfortunately but I decided, you know what? I haven't been out of the house very often aside from work. So I want to take a walk. I want to walk around someplace to make sure, just to kind of stretch my legs a little bit, get out of the house, had a little bit of cabin fever, just want to get out of the house and just be out of the house essentially. So I went to our local mall, which hasn't been crazy busy as it normally is. Um, before coronavirus um so i was able you know i walked out of my house i made sure i had my mask on i made sure i had i had rubber gloves on um i kept social distance i was by myself luckily like i said the mall wasn't very the mall isn't busy it's pretty much a ghost town so i was able to kind of keep to myself and keep out of everybody else's way uh while i was there i was walking past a bench that I had seen before many times years and years ago. Um, I had walked past this bench and it was a very, it was a nice bench, you know, it was kind of secluded, you know, you could sit down, kind of people watch, uh, me and my friends used to do that all the time. Um, but now I was just there by myself and this bench overlooks a restaurant and this restaurant, <laughs> it's not super, incredibly popular it's not very it's it's liked but not well liked um it was bubba gumps this bench overlooked bubba gumps it was the only bubba gumps we have here and i had noticed that it was shut down they had shut down bubba gumps and they were making another restaurant in its place and you know i kind of understood it. you know not not a lot of people go to bubba gumps not a lot of people really enjoyed it even even People on like a regular basis, if you talk about Bubba Gums, they kind of mention like it's not a very good restaurant. I enjoy it because of the nostalgia value. My favorite, one of my favorite movies is is Forrest Gump, and it's very entertaining. You know, I, I like going there just to kind of look at the memorabilia. I like going there to watch the movie. I like going there to, there to talk to the waitresses, talk to the waiters, talk to the people there. And they, they, you know, they're very fun people. They ask you questions. They ask you trivia. You know, they talk, they talk to you. And it's very fun. It's a fun, fun atmosphere. I, I truly enjoy it. And I was very sad to see that it was now gone, you know. But sitting on that bench, I started thinking about Forrest Gump a lot. And I thought, if somebody sat next to me, would I tell them my life story? <laughs> the answer is no. But I thought, you know what? Why not talk about Forrest Gump? You know, I mean, it's a great movie. It's a classic, classic movie. Um. I know people who love it. I know people who kind of like it. I know people who just don't like it at all. 
but I think it's a great movie. And just to kind of pay homage to to a restaurant that I enjoyed that I was sad to see go. So, yeah, let's talk about Forrest Gump. As usual, I'm your host, Bran, and I want to talk about movies. So a little bit of history with this movie and some fun facts for you. Um, so this movie was made in 1994. It starred Tom Hanks, Sally Field, and Robin Wright. Um, and it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. I really enjoy uh, Robert Zemeckis' films. They're, they're really good. I, I truly enjoy them. Um, the park bench that Tom Hanks sits at while Forrest is telling people about his life story is actually not in Alabama, where Forrest is from. It's actually in Georgia, or at least it was in Georgia at one point in time. It has since been moved. But the reason why it was moved is because people were kind of worried that it would get damaged due to the weather. Um, it could get damaged due to maybe like an accident or maybe someone like drew on it, wrote graffiti on it or something. Or worst case scenario, got stolen. Now... <laughs> <laughs> if you're stealing a park bench, doesn't matter if it's in a movie or not. You definitely have some problems if you're stealing a park bench. All right. And if you are stealing a park bench from, from uh, Forrest Gump, then you must be a huge, huge fan. But right now it's still in Georgia. It's in a museum in Georgia, um, which is pretty cool. And the church that, that Forrest goes to in the movie is actually about a hundred yards away from where the bench used to be. Um, a few people were given, were asked to, to play Forrest Gump. Uh, Bill Murray, John Travolta, and Chevy Chase. Um, they had turned down the role um, before Tom Hanks actually ended up taking it. Um, John Travolta actually admitted that it was a big mistake. He wishes that he had taken it. But honestly, I, I mean, I feel like at this point, no matter what, Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump. He's even said that in interviews where no matter what interview he goes on, sooner or later, they'll talk about Forrest Gump. You know, he is Forrest Gump. I think um, in iconic movies like that, it's really hard to kind of picture somebody else being that character. You know, you can try and, you know, some people may actually be able to successfully see that person in that role, but... I mean, for me, I only see Tom Hanks. I, ca I can't even imagine or even try to imagine somebody else um, being Forrest. Um, the kid who played young Forrest, his name is Michael Humphreys. He is now a veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. Um, when he was a kid, you know, that was his first movie. And if you look on IMDb, it's actually like one of three things that he's been in since. So he's not... He never really pursued acting afterwards. Um, but Robert Zemeckis came up to to Tom Hanks and he said, Hey, you know, we you know, there's a problem. We want to make sure that, you know, we get this uh we get the two of you together. We get Tom Hanks and Michael Humphreys together to kinda kinda discuss how they want to how they want the other to speak. Um, just because Michael Humphreys is from Missouri and at the time he had a very thick very thick southern accent 
Um, Tom Hanks said that he he has a very hard G. So the way he pronounced the letter G was very hard. So he instead of saying thinking, he'd be like thinking. Um, instead of running, it'd be running. Um, it was very, very interesting. And Tom Hanks just said, you know what? Instead of having me tell this kid how to speak, why don't I speak like the kid? And that's how Forrest got his voice. So when you hear Michael Humphreys talking in the movie, that's his real voice. That's his real accent. He's not, he's not acting, sort of say, um, as as much as just regular talking. He's just speaking like his in his normal voice. And so Tom Hanks uh, mimicked that. Like that that's the voice right there. So when you hear his, uh, when you hear Tom Hanks's accent in Forrest Gump, it's because of Michael Humphreys. Also, he's a part of the most most memorable scene in cinema. I mean, run, Forrest, run, come on. Like, talk about overcoming it, man. <sighs> Such a good movie. Such a good movie. With that said, guys, let's get into the plot summary portion of the podcast. Um, just so you know, there are spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen the movie, I would be surprised, but there are, I'm sure there are people out there that haven't. So just letting you know, this is your spoiler warning. With that said, let's get started. Um, so there's no, there's no like straight timeline in this movie. Um, there are things that happen. You just don't know when the movie starts and when the movie ends. So thanks to the internet, I was able to find out some, uh, some pretty useful information. Um, so the movie opens up presumably in 1981, 1981. We see a little white feather just kind of floating in the breeze, doing what feathers do. And it eventually lands in front of the dirtiest pair of Nike's you've ever seen lo and behold it's tom hanks as forrest gump he picks up the little white feather he puts it in a curious george book and then puts it away and grabs a little box of chocolate so that way he can have something to munch on this nurse comes up to him and he's sitting on a bus stop this nurse comes up sits next to him waiting for they're both waiting for the bus and he offers her some chocolate she says no and he notices her shoes her shoes are very, very clean, very white, the complete utter opposite of what his shoes are. And he points them out and he like comments on how comfortable they look. He says that they look so comfortable that you can probably walk around all day and never get tired. This lady comments saying her feet hurt. <laughs> so Forrest is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He kind of just kind of thinks on his own. He doesn't really, doesn't really think before he acts, doesn't really pay attention to social cues. Um, so he keeps talking to her. And you see, you see his interaction with this lady a few times uh, within the, the first like half an hour or so of the movie. And each time you see her, she's almost always completely uninterested in whatever Forrest is saying completely uninterested um and he tells her you know just by going off of her shoes he tells her you know 
if I think really hard, I can probably remember my first pair of shoes. So he thinks about it, and lo and behold, you know, the next scene is 1952. We see a young Forrest Gump played by Michael Humphreys, and he is getting fitted for shoes, but they're not actual shoes. They're more leg braces. Uh, apparently, Forrest's back is very crooked. Throughout the movie, you hear it a couple times where they say, oh, my back is crooked like a question mark. Oh, his back is crooked like a politician. So apparently the leg braces are meant to help him walk and help him like kind of straighten his back out, which eventually it does. Um, we meet Sally Field, who is uh, playing Forrest's mom. And she, that, that's who she is. She is Forrest's mom. Not just Forrest's mom, but a mom to the, to the fullest extent. Her job is to make sure that Forrest is okay, right? She that's her job, and she makes sure, she makes incredibly sure about it. Okay, you know she got him the braces, and you know she has she 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 makes much she makes the money for him. Um, what they do is that they rent their places out. It's kind of like an Airbnb, or maybe like a bed and breakfast where you go to someone's house and you stay there, and though she even cooks for them, she entertains them. Um, Throughout the movie, they kind of put Forrest into little events in history. So they either they either put him there, or they are somehow he he was um, responsible for something happening in history. Um, for this case, one of the people who was staying at their house was a young Elvis Presley uh, before he became famous. Uh, fun fact. You don't really see, you don't really get a clear look at Elvis's face, but you do hear his voice. But the actor who voiced him was none other, none other than Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell played Elvis in Forrest Gump. Um, the reason why Forrest somehow influenced him instead of being influenced by him, um, Forrest had like the way he walked with the braces on was very particular, and he really liked the music that Elvis sang. So he would dance the best way he could by spreading his legs apart and just kind of doing a little janky walk. And lo and behold, when Elvis became famous, that was the same thing he would do on stage and people would go crazy over it. So, you know, somehow Forrest was responsible for that. <laughs> um, Forrest's mother, I feel like, I feel like, she was very concerned for Forrest, you know, like she knew that Forrest wasn't the smartest guy in the world. She knew that, you know, he had a, his own set of problems. And, I, and in my mind, I feel like she, she just wanted to make sure he was going to be okay. So she gave him all the possible opportunities she could, you know, she wanted, she didn't want him to grow up to be a ditch digger. She wanted him to grow up to be a well-adjusted person. And, you know, so that's why she got that's she felt like because he was not a smart person, because he had braces on his legs, these were gonna be things that were gonna deny him access to what she felt that he deserved. So that's why she kinda pushed him along the way to make sure that he did these things, you know. So much so that she ended up sleeping with the principal of his elementary school, so that way he could get into that school. And hey, it worked. <laughs> um, 
So eventually he does end up going to school. And again, like I said, Forrest is a very literal person. He, you know, if you tell him don't talk to strangers, he's not going to talk to strangers. You know, so the, the lady, the bus driver comes up and she opens the door and like tries to let him in. And he says, hey, you're a stranger. I don't know who you are. And she tells him, like, this is the bus to school, buddy. Like, if you don't come on this bus, you don't go to school. And he, he introduces himself. Literally introduces himself. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. The same way he introduces himself throughout the entire movie. And she introduces herself as Dorothy Harris. And lo and behold, they are not strangers anymore. So now he can go wherever she goes. They're best friends now. Although you never see her again throughout the rest of the, rest of the movie until the very end. Um, so, <laughs> so he goes onto the bus. And I've experienced this too. When I was, in, when I was a freshman in high school... I took the bus to school and you know, you walk in there and it's not, it's not the most welcoming place. It, it can be very awkward. You know, you walk in there, people don't want you to sit next to them for whatever reason. And you know, you don't know where to sit. They don't want you to sit with them. And the same thing happened to Forrest. You know, he was, again, the fact that he has braces on his legs is definitely going to like throw him back. And it's definitely going to be something that people question, um, you know, so they, they didn't they didn't understand it. But one person did. And so Forrest, for the first time, meets a young Jenny. Uh, Jenny is this girl who accepts Forrest for who he is. She immediately realizes that he is definitely different, but she accepts him anyway. They become close friends and all that good stuff. Um, Jenny, you know, like Forrest tells Jenny about his life. Jenny kind of tells Forrest about her life, but there's definitely something off about her. You know, like she never wants to go home. She never wants to be at home. She always wants to hang out with Forrest. Forrest is like, Hey, you know, my mom is going to start to worry about me. And she's like, no, no, it's all, it's okay. We're, we're going to just hang out a little bit longer. And, you know, she's just truly like something about her, her home life is truly concerning. Lo and behold, it turns out that her father was an abusive alcoholic. Not only did, did he abuse them, abuse uh, Jenny and her sister, but he also like sexually abused them as well. So eventually, um, the police came by and arrested the dad. Where to Forrest, it just said, like Forrest even says in the movie, like, you know, they prayed and God helped them. Like he said, oh, God didn't turn Jenny into a bird, which is what she had prayed for. But instead, he made the police say that she didn't have to live with the dad anymore. And, you know, to, to, to Forrest, that's what happened. In reality, what happened was that the police found out and they they put him in jail or whatever. It's never clear what happened to him whatever happened to Jenny's dad, but whatever it was, he's no longer in the picture. So, like I said, the fact that Forrest had braces on his legs definitely wasn't winning him any popularity prizes. So he would get bullied on a regular basis. Jenny and Forrest would walk home and these kids on bikes would come by and just start throwing rocks at him, calling him stupid. And, Jenny, 
like I said, this is the most one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history. You know, one of the most mem- memorable lines of this movie is "Run, Forrest, Run," which is what Jenny told him. She said, "Run, Forrest, Run," and he started to run the best way that he could. Again, not super easy wearing braces on your legs, so he starts running, and just just to have that sense of survival that you need to run in order to survive. He started to like just kind of bend his legs. And not only did he not only was he able to run, but he ended up destroying the leg braces and he ran super, super fast. He ran incredibly fast. He even says that he can run as the wind blows. And he could, he could run extremely fast. I don't even remember remember a time where I could run that fast. And eventually. This happened like not only not only did this happen once, but it happened all throughout school. Like he ended up they ended up going down that same road as high schoolers. You would think that after a while, like if you're if you're being bullied on this road, you might want to take another road. <laughs> maybe 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 take the back one. Maybe maybe take the long way home. Don't take the shortcut. But no. But instead of bikes, these bullies now have a car. But Forrest runs so fast to the point where he's actually able to evade his bullies. And they're driving a car. They're driving like a like a pickup truck. And he's able to, to leave them in, in his tracks, man. So much so that he runs through a football field like it's nothing. He blows through there like it's nothing, catching the eye of the football coach. And this is a college team. So not only was was Forrest able to go to a nice school or a good school, but he also got the opportunity to go to college. And so he ended up going to college, um, presumably on a football scholarship. And again, Forrest is a very literal person. So they would give him the ball and he would run and just keep running. <laughs> he actually ended up running out of the stadium. He ran so far. And it got to the point where they would have to have like signs that tell him to stop. Like, hey, Forrest, stop. You you reached, you made a touchdown. You're good. Stop. Um, unfortunately, once they graduated high school, Jenny and Forrest had to part ways. Um, they were both still in Alabama, but um, Jenny had gone to a different college. She had gone to a college for for only girl, an only girl college. And, you know, he'd go and see her there. And this is kind of where things start to change between Forrest and Jenny. Like when they were in high school, when they were in elementary school, she was kind of like a sweet, innocent person, you know, stood up for those she cared about. And now she seems kind of like, like she she's kind of starting to get that different mindset, you know. Like, she has, like, a dream. She wants to reach that dream. She wants to be a singer. She wants to be on stage playing her guitar, singing out to the world. Awesome. Good for her. Um, college is also a time for opening up. You know, so she kind of opens up a little bit. You know, she does some exploring. And Force can't really comprehend exactly what's going on. You know what I mean? Like he 
he just kind of goes with the flow. He treats Jenny the same way he's always treated her. He treats people the same way he has always treated them. You know? So if you have one leg and Forrest like sees you with one leg, he's still going to treat you as a person. But it's probably going to be the first thing he says is like, hey, you have one leg. So, um, <laughs> so eventually, you know, Forrest got to, um, he was so good at football that he actually got to, to be on the all American team where he met JFK before he got assassinated. Um, again, inserting, inserting Tom Hanks into random events in history as if he were really there, which again, to me is amazing. I mean, the dubbing is definitely terrible but it's still pretty funny and and a clever a clever idea in my mind so eventually he did he did end up graduating college and he ended up joining the military he wasn't i believe he i don't think he was drafted but is this one of those things where you have a recruiter go up to this go up to the college during graduation just to kind of recruit more people and so that's what he does. He ends up joining the military. And the exact same thing happens. He ends up going on the bus to cold shoulders. <laughs> like people just, I, I don't know what it is. At that point, like, you know, he had no braces on his legs. You know, he seems like a pretty socially acceptable person. But yet he is not. Poor Forrest. He is not socially accepted. But yet again, one person does accept him. And that person is Bubba. Bubba is someone who grew up with shrimp boats. He His goal in life was to become a shrimp boat captain and to make money that way. His entire family was, um, was in the shrimping business. <laughs> so, you know, during boot camp, Forrest and Bubba become very close friends. And Honestly, like, I, I, I've never been in the military. I've never, I've known a few people in the military, but I've never really had the time or really the, the energy to ask this question. But I am kind of curious where if you answer, if you answer every question with, because you told me so, how would that go with the person who's in charge? And that's what Forrest did. Like Forrest, again, you tell Forrest what to do. He will do it. Unless he thinks it's like morally wrong, he will question it. But the chances of him actually doing it are actually pretty high. You know, like they, like he, he put his gun together like super fast. Like it was a, it was a record at their camp. And his drill sergeant asked him, like, why'd you put that drill? Why'd you put that gun back together so fast? He's like, because you told me so. You told me to do that. You told me to do it, so I'm doing it. And. So yeah, so boot camp was actually really good for Forrest. He he loved it. He thought it was great. And so him and Bubba are stationed in Vietnam. This is during the Vietnam War. And there they meet Lieutenant Dan Taylor. Lieutenant Dan has had a family member fight and die in every single American war. And that is Dan's goal. Lieutenant Dan's goal is to fight in Vietnam and die and that's 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 quite a goal it's quite a goal goal pal like for real so 
you know, they're doing their thing. They're they're just walking a lot. And Bubba tells Forrest, you know, Forrest, I want to I want to make I want to have a fishing boat business and I want you to be with me. Like they're that close. Like they've gotten close to the point where Bubba feels comfortable inviting Forrest into his plan, into his life after the army plan. And Forrest is like, yeah, sure. Why not? Definitely. You know, we can definitely do that. And then they're ambushed. Like shortly after they're ambushed and, you know, a lot of stuff happens, you know, they go through hell. I think it's actually the first time we see Forrest truly scared. Like we definitely see Forrest reacting as if something bad is happening around him. Which, I mean, during the Vietnam War, I mean, I, I could only imagine. But, yeah, this is probably the first time we see him reacting correctly. And, you know, before he went to Vietnam, he ran into Jenny. And she told him, you know, like, don't be a hero. Like, I know you're going to Vietnam. Don't be a hero. Just run. Be safe. You know, take care of yourself. Which... Forrest doesn't do. He ends up like he ends up outside of like this explosion area and he doesn't know where Bubba is. And so he goes back into the area where the fighting is happening to look for Bubba, but he ends up finding other people. I think he ends up finding like four or five people. One of them is Lieutenant Dan, who is freaking out and he is telling Forrest not to save him, just leave him in the forest let him die because that's his destiny he feels like his destiny is to die in vietnam so <laughs> so forrest does the opposite for the first time he actually like i said he i think he reacts correctly like he's not listening to what people are telling him to do and more than likely it's because of the fear of what's going through him right now and eventually he does find bubba and he does get bubba out of the area just in time and unfortunately, Bubba dies. Bubba dies and, you know, Forrest loses his best friend. It's truly, truly sad. So throughout his time in Vietnam, um, every opportunity he could, uh, Forrest wrote to Jenny. Um, again, as I've said before, Forrest is a very literal person and he's also very oblivious, you know, he can't really tell like Jenny at the same time, though, although he is pretty oblivious, Jenny also kind of throws out a lot of mixed signals for him. You know what I mean? Like she throws out, like she kind of does like him. She kind of does want to be with him, but she doesn't want to be with him, you know? Um, so like I said, every opportunity he could. He wrote to her, he wrote to her, he wrote to her. After after Bubba died, he ended up in the infirmary. He ended up in an infirmary where he could get like treatment because he got shot in the butt. <laughs> and um, again, Forrest is in the middle of a war. And, you know, he's having like he got wounded. He's surrounded by people who are also wounded but a lot worse than he is. 
Um, some people lost their lost limbs. Some people are, are just really far gone. And he's over there talking about ice cream. He said the one thing about getting wounded in the butt talks is the ice cream. They gave him all the ice cream he could eat. So much so that you see him with two ice cream cones. So that way he can give it to his next door neighbor who's sleeping in the bed next to him. Lo and behold, it's Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan is still alive and being offered ice cream by Forrest, his savior. He, Lieutenant Dan is definitely not super happy to be around Forrest. He's not, he's not super happy to be alive. He's not super happy to be around Forrest. He's just super unhappy right now. And with, with good reason, honestly. Um, Lieutenant Dan lost not one, but both of his legs. So he, yeah, he was definitely not too happy about that. Um, so, you know, he kind of, he kind of argues with, with Forrest, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, you cheated me out of my destiny. That's what he feels. He feels that Forrest had cheated him out of what was supposed to happen to him. You know, he was supposed to fight and die in Vietnam but obviously did not. So he blames Forrest for that. Um, so Forrest is in the infirmary. Now, like I said, he is definitely, he's definitely less wounded than anybody else there. All right. He got shot in the butt. Everyone like, this is like, there's a guy who's like walking with crutches. One guy doesn't have an arm. Lieutenant Dan lost both his legs. You know, there's definitely more stuff going on there than Forrest. Um, while he's there though, he ends up getting the, a really thick stack of letters that say, uh, return to sender. Like he had sent these letters to Jenny and Jenny had never gotten them. Um, apparently I'm not sure if Jenny never got them period or if they just like, you know, she don't live here no more, whatever, whatever the reason being, she never got them. Um, so eventually he he learns about ping pong and ping pong becomes like the newest thing for for Forrest. you know it becomes a sport that he loves it's so much so that the guy who tells him about it tells him hey the point about this, the trick about this game is that you never take your eyes off the ball and from that moment on every time you see Forrest playing ping pong he never takes his eye off the ball. Never. So he gets really good at ping pong. He ends up um, entertaining the guys who are there. Even Lieutenant Dan came by. You know, and he's even asked to, like, be, a, be like, a very popular athlete in this sport. Um, Lieutenant Dan leaves the infirmary before he can find out that Forrest is going to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. And before he can go to, before he finds out that he went to China to play ping pong. <laughs> like a lot has happened with Forrest. And it's been like some time has passed. You know, he meets John Lennon. He, he goes on on TV, talk, talks about all the things he's done. 
He even met the president of the United States during getting his Medal of Honor. Mooned him. He mooned he mooned Nixon. You know, had a good time. And somehow discovered the Watergate. <laughs> like I said, a lot of stuff happens to Forrest. Eventually he does reunite with Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan is not the same as he was before. Like before he was a very upstanding person. No pun intended. Um, you know, he stood upright. He was very clean cut, shaven, short hair, all this stuff. He has a beard. He has super long hair. He's in his wheelchair. He looks dirty. He's a drunk. You know, he's he's def- again, he's not happy with his life. And again, bl- still blames Forrest for it. Um, it's New Year's Eve and Forrest is spending the, the New Year with, with Lieutenant Dan. And um, Lieutenant Dan brings women over to the house and they're supposed to like, you know, have a good time, have a good New Year's party. And Forrest cannot be there. He, he, he cannot, he can't, he can't bring himself to, to be there. You know what I mean? He wants to be wherever Jenny is. And he does reunite with her for a short while. Like at this point, you know, you, you learn that Jenny has done a lot so far. You know, after she left college, she had done a lot. Like she had done a lot of traveling. She went to California. She went to D.C. Um, she kind of became like a hippie. And she started to like really explore her, her mind and body. And, um, you know, she explored, she, um, explored drugs. Um, you see her doing quite a bit of drugs throughout the film. You see her doing, um, cocaine. You see her doing heroin. You see her, um, drop acid, smoke pot. You see a lot of these things that she's going through. And at first, like when it's like pot, and acid you know she's doing it to expand her mind like she's doing that like that and i'll talk more about that later um but yeah so he's with lieutenant dan and you know again like i said he he wants to be with wherever jenny is and so he pushes this lady off of him and she's like insulted she's completely insulted she's like hey like what the heck is wrong with you are you stupid and the lady, actually, the lady who Lieutenant Dan is with, she calls Forrest stupid. And this is the first time you actually see Lieutenant Dan stand up for Forrest because he didn't like the fact that these ladies called him stupid. And the reason for that is because Lieutenant Dan has finally experienced life through somebody else's eyes where, you know, Lieutenant Dan was handicapped, he has no legs. People would call him a cripple. You know, he, he didn't like that. He didn't like being called less than. And, you know, you look at Forrest and, you know, probably when he first met Forrest, he probably thought the same thing. Oh, Forrest is less than. But, you know, being being a crippled for a while now, he, he didn't like being called that. And so even Forrest says, like, you know, he didn't like being called crippled as much as I didn't like being called stupid. You know, so his his night is cut short because he now understands how Forrest feels. Again, doesn't like it, 
but he understands it now. Forrest tells Lieutenant Dan that he's gonna go. He's gonna go back to Alabama to become, like his goal is to become a shrimp boat captain. And Lieutenant Dan tells him, "Hey, you know, if you're gonna be a shrimp boat captain, I'll be your first mate." You know, kind of, kind of joking around about it. So anyway, Forrest eventually gets discharged from the military. His time is done. He has now served however long you're supposed to be in the military for. And he goes home. He goes home and Forrest's mom tells him like, hey, you know, we've we've gotten a lot of visitors. You, you're famous. You're super famous, Forrest. Um, how about you do like endorsements? And he does. He does a couple of endorsements, makes a lot of money. And he uses this money to buy a shrimp boat. So that way he can become a shrimp boat captain and start fulfilling his promise to Bubba. And that's what he wants to do. Like he, he, that was his goal. His goal was to now see Bubba's dream come true. And so he does that and he has a very difficult time. He starts off really difficult. Like, like it's definitely a harsh reality when he's, when he finds out how difficult it is to, to hunt for shrimp. And he ends up getting the idea, like some, one, one, of the, one of the guys who work at the harbor tells him, hey, you know, it's bad luck to have a boat without a name. You should name your boat. And he decides to name it Jenny. This girl who barely gives him the time of day, this girl who he hasn't seen for God knows how long at this point, he, he still holds her in such high regard. You know what I mean? Like she is always in his mind. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, like any other person would be like, hey, you know what? I had a huge crush on this person when I was in elementary school. I haven't seen this person for years. You know, that's it. That's the end. Probably don't even know that person's name anymore after a while. You probably don't even remember their last name. But no, he he is in hardcore love with Jenny. And at this point, like I, like I said before, you know, Jenny had taken drugs like acid or or um, smoking pot. You know, you know, these are things that she's just going to take to like relax or like to expand her mind, her way of thinking. Her hippie lifestyle is no longer, no longer the thing anymore. Now it's high class parties with cocaine. You know, you see her at a club, you hear like the music, kind of like disco going on. She, you know, she snorts some cocaine. And, you know, she's having a good old time. And we see this big shift in her. Like, she's no longer she's no longer this innocent person that we had met from the beginning of the movie. She is now, like, this hardcore drug user. And throughout the movie, you can see, like, like once we see her doing the heavier drugs, we kind of see that shift. Like, she looks at herself in the mirror... And she, she looks like she can't even, like, she can't recognize herself. She can't stand looking at herself in the mirror. You know, she she's just, like, a totally different person. And she hates it. So much so, at one point, she is doing heroin. And she steps outside. And she's about to jump off, the, the, jump off of this hotel room that she's in, trying to kill herself. But she doesn't do it. She stops at the last minute. She doesn't do it. But the fact that she thinks about it is definitely 
the breaking point for her. You know, she kind of realizes that what she's doing is wrong. <laughs> so anyway, so Forrest still having a difficult time. I can almost guarantee that Jenny is not thinking about Forrest, but either way, Forrest is still having a difficult time hunting for shrimp. But lo and behold, Lieutenant Dan comes to see him. Lieutenant Dan comes to see him to fulfill his promise of becoming his first mate. You know, so, you know, Lieutenant Dan tells him, hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to go this way. That's where the shrimp's going to be. The shrimp's going to be there. Again, they they still have a hard time catching shrimp. You know, and at this point, Lieutenant Dan is not a very religious person. Um, but he tells Forrest, you know, maybe maybe you should ask God for help. Very sarcastically. But again, Forrest is a very literal person. So he, he he ends up going to church. Ends up going to church. And there ends up being like some kind of storm. And they, 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 they credit God for that. They say, oh, you know, there's a storm coming. And this storm destroyed every single shrimp boat that was in that harbor. Except for Forrest's boat. So lo and behold, because they were the only shrimp boat in the in in the water, the shrimp came to them, and that's when he came up with uh, that's when Forrest came up with the name Bubba Gump, just to pay homage to Bubba. So that's basically what the the birth of the restaurant is, Bubba Gump Shrimp. So at this point. I think altogether, Forrest talks to about four people. At this point, he has talked to three so far. And now the fourth one is starting to, to come up when he's at the bus stop. Um, like I said, every so often, he, you do go back to the, to the bus stop to hear Forrest telling the story. Or to see, sorry, to see, to see Forrest telling the story. And, you know, the guy who's sitting next to him is kind of like laughing. He's like, you're, you're, you're the guy who's in charge of the Bubba Gump corporation. And he's like, he doesn't believe it because in the movie, the Bubba Gump corporation is such a big thing that this person is a millionaire. If you are the owner of the Bubba Gump corporation, you would also be a millionaire. But yet here you are sitting at the bus stop. But lo and behold, it is it is true. And it's kind of odd because Forrest does a lot of things, but he's not very famous. You know, he was on the All-American football team. He was in the Army. He won the Medal of Honor. He He's, a, he's the head of a major corporation. You know, all of these things. But yet people have no clue who he is. He's been on the news countless times. He's met the president like two or three times. Nobody knows who this guy is. Who is Forrest Gump? So, anyway, back back to the movie. So, <laughs> so he ends up um, getting a call one day from someone who works for for the Bubba Gump Corporation, and he has to run home immediately. Apparently, his mom is sick. So we go back to his house. 
someplace that he hasn't really been at too frequently. But we see that his mom is sick. Like she's in bed. The doctor is there. The same doctor who treated him at the beginning for his crooked back. And it turns out that the, that Forrest's mama had uh, cancer. She had cancer and then she inevitably ended up dying. You know, it's very, it was very truly sad. Um, you know, we, we don't see a whole lot of Sally Field throughout the movie, but when we do see her, we do see her as a caring mother and definitely something, someone who impacted Forrest's life so heavily. <laughs> so she passes away and leaves everything to Forrest, rightfully so. I mean, who else is she going to give it to? And so he ends up staying home. He ends up just kind of working from home. He ends up just kind of taking care of himself. And um, he ends up leaving the Bubba Gump Shrimp Corporation in the capable hands of Lieutenant Dan, who is now a turned around man. He is now super grateful for Forrest. He is now super happy. He's a great guy now. He's, he's super nice. Super awesome. So... <laughs> so apparently Lieutenant Dan had incorporate had um invested their money in a fruit company. Forrest calls it a fruit company. As it turns out, it is Apple. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan invested in Apple computers. So even more so, Forrest is now loaded. He was rich before, he is now loaded, okay? He doesn't have to worry about money anymore. He's like, oh, that's good. That's good. We don't, that's one less thing we got to worry about. So, so he's hanging out at his house. And he actually has a job now, too. He has a job where he, um, he just cuts grass. And not only that, but he cuts it for free, which makes sense. I mean, honestly, if you're a, if you're a millionaire and you want to cut grass, you can cut grass anywhere you want, buddy. Okay? <sighs> And so one day he's cutting grass and who should show up but Jenny. Jenny shows up and, you know, he's happy to see her. He's like, you know, he's like, hey, come over, stay with me. He stays with, stays with her for a while. And, you know, they're having a good old time. And she even, she even like bought him a birthday present. She bought him a, a white pair of Nikes, the same pair of Nikes that we see at the beginning of the film, except they're brand new. And... He tells her, hey, like, I want you to marry me. Like, please marry me. And she says no. And she doesn't say it because she doesn't love him. He takes it. He takes it as if she doesn't love him. But that's not the case. At this point in her life, like, she's just kind of coming back to who she used to be. You know, she's, she's at that point where she just wants to kind of concentrate on herself. But she doesn't have a whole lot of self-worth. So that's the reason why she doesn't want to she doesn't want to marry Forrest. It's because she doesn't feel like she's worthy of Forrest. But that night, she ends up sneaking into his room and they end up um, having some relations. And then she leaves. <laughs> she up and leaves. Okay, bye. Doesn't even say goodbye, actually. She just, she just literally just leaves. So she's gone, and Forrest realizes that she's gone, and he decides that he decides that he's just gonna run. 
You know what I mean? Like the only thing that really made sense in Forrest's life was running, you know? So he decides to run. So he runs from Alabama all over the place. Like there's, there's seemingly not a place that he doesn't go to. And he just runs back and forth and he meets people. He ends up meeting like a lot of people and somehow, somehow touching their lives in different ways. Um, T-shirt companies, bumper sticker companies. You know, he makes the news again, yet nobody recognizes who he is. And constantly, and then Jenny actually sees him on the news one day. You know, and he doesn't, he stops to eat, he stops to drink, he stops to sleep. But that's it. Aside from that, from sunup to sundown, he is running. And he just keeps going back and forth. And he gets a following and he eventually stops. He eventually stops running and decides to go back home for, for no reason. So he gets back home and he gets a letter from Jenny telling him to come over to her, her new place. And that's why he's at the bus stop. He's at the bus stop waiting to get on the bus to take it to take him to her new place the lady he's talking to at that moment i think it's like the fourth person he's talking to about his story probably the nicest one too because the first lady had didn't did not care at all what he was saying the second one seemed engaged but then she ended up leaving and we don't we didn't even see her we saw her once and then she left and then we saw this other guy the businessman who laughed at him. He was actually pretty engaged in the story, but he laughed at him, didn't believe it. And this little old lady probably told him the most useful bit of information ever. He told her, he, she told him that Jenny's house is only a couple blocks away. Like he didn't have to catch the bus. He was there for God knows how long waiting for the bus and he didn't have to take a bus. <laughs> he could have just walked. Instead, he ran. So he runs to Jenny's house, and Jenny's there. She's excited to see him. She's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, my gosh, I missed you. Oh, my gosh. Lo and behold, Jenny has a son, played by Haley Joel Osment, by the way, one of his first movies, awesome for him. Um, but she has a son now. And, you know, Forrest is kind of like, he, he doesn't really question it. You know, he doesn't question, like, oh, you have a son. That sucks. Oh my God, you have a son. Oh my God, that's so awesome. He doesn't, he's just like, oh, you have a son. That's cool. You know, and she goes, oh, um, hey, oh, what, what's his name? Oh, his name is Forrest. Oh, he, he does like me. That's my name. Forrest is my name. We have the same name. That's awesome. And then Jenny proceeds to tell him that she named her son after his father. And he's like, he's got a dad named Forrest too. That's interesting. But as it turns out that, she, that, he is actually, Forrest Gump is actually the father. And again, reacting properly this time, you know, he's shocked. You know, he's he's probably going through, I mean, like what, what every person would go through when they are told they're going to have a kid. You know, he, he had about five seconds to process it and starts to freak out. You know, he asks questions about the kid. He's like, hey, is the kid smart? Because that was always his biggest thing. Like, he 
never felt that he was smart. And he just wants to know if that kid is smart. He wants to know if his kid's like him or if his kid's smart. And it's a very touching moment. And then Jenny reveals that that she is sick. Jenny is sick. And she, she cares about Forrest. She wants Forrest to just, 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 you know, she wants to be a good mother as well. She wants her son to be taken care of. But she knows that she's not going to survive. She feels that she's not going to survive. Um, it's safe to assume. She doesn't outright say it. But it is safe to assume that she has the AIDS virus. So she will eventually die because of it. You know, doctor, doctors don't know what to do about it. So she feels that it's time to, you know, start preparing for her death. And... One thing she wants to do is she wants to actually get married to Forrest. And so she ends up marrying him. Lieutenant Dan comes to the ceremony. It's a very nice, small ceremony right next to Forrest's house. And, you know, they get married. And eventually, Jenny dies. You know, he spends, he spends this whole movie thinking about her caring about her watching out for her but never being able to have her you know and then the movie ends with him having her you know it ends on on kind of a happier note but still very sad because you know now she's gone leaving him and young and little forest on their own <coughs> so the movie ends with Tom Hanks, Forrest, um, sitting at the bus stop with uh, Haley Joel Osment, Forrest. And they're just waiting for the bus so that young Forrest can go to school. Lo and behold, the bus comes. And right before he, right before he comes, he's, he notices that little Forrest has the Curious George book. And he opens it up, and you notice the little white feather does fall out of it. Um, but he's taking, but little Forrest is taking it with him for show and tell. So he takes it with him, and before he leaves, adult Forrest tells him, you know, hey, I love you. I'm gonna sit here and wait. I'm gonna wait for you to come back home from school. And then right before he leaves, little Forrest. Talks to the bus driver. The bus driver is still Dorothy Harris. Again, she looks like she has not aged a single day. Like, whatever power she had, whatever witchcraft she is using, please give it to the rest of the world because she looks the exact same. And Little Forrest, actually, he doesn't introduce himself, but he knows who she is. She know He knows that she's Dorothy Harris. And she smiles and lets him on the bus. And then Tom Hanks sits down right next to his mailbox and just waits. Presumably, he waits there all day for Little Forest to come back. <laughs> and as he does that, the feather blows in the wind and then gets carried off. And that's how the movie ends. That's Forrest Gump. Now, with all that said... My personal opinion 
is that I, I really like Forrest Gump. As a movie, I think Forrest Gump is awesome. Um, you know, there are it's a, it's a universe, it's a almost a universally loved movie. But there are people out there who don't particularly care for it. And you know, there are some some plot holes here and there. Like the fact that, you know, Jenny ends up with him when she has really no other option. Um you know, she she does it she gets with Forrest as a way to kind of make sure her son is okay, which is good because I mean, it shows that she's a caring mother. It shows that she's at least, you know, able to tell Forrest, Hey, you have a son. Um, you know, she's doing the right thing by letting the father know, but she, she really gets back with him because she has no other reason. She has no other thing to do, you know? Um, you know, she she's basically treated herself like garbage. Like after high school, she's treated herself like garbage. And then at this point, when she is pretty much completely used up, that's when she goes up to Forrest and says, hey, I'm ready to be with you now. You know, after years of sex and drug abuse, I am now ready to be with you, Forrest. Um, because of the, I mean... Again, it's not outright said in the movie, but more than likely she has AIDS and she cut, she had probably got it before she was with Forrest. So chances of him having the same disease are actually pretty high. So, I mean, you know, it does have its, its own plot holes, its own issues, but all in all, you know, I, I genuinely believe it's a good movie. It has a good message. It's a, it's a very thoughtful and heart-filled movie. I, I truly liked it. You know, I laughed, I cried. You know, it was perfect. It was fantastic. Definitely a movie I would recommend people would go and see. I, I truly believe that if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely something you would want to watch. Now, because of this movie... It sprung a kind of a cult following, you know. It's very, it's extremely popular, so much so that it made a restaurant, a restaurant like Bubba Gump was not Bubba Gump's was not just the name of a corporation in a movie, a fictional corporation in a movie, but it's actually like a real restaurant, you know. Um, you know, they they serve. Mostly, most of what they serve is kind of seafood. I mean, obviously, they are a shrimp company, but they do serve meat as well. They serve like um, burgers, chicken, kind of kind of soul food a little bit, a little bit of soul food. Um, what I really like about it is that there's memorabilia on the walls. You have pictures from the movie. You have merchandise from the not merchandise. You have um, just items from the movie. You have um, rep replicas. I'm pretty sure they're replicas. I don't think they're actual props from the movie but they have like a lot of cool stuff there um the waiters and waitresses they ask you questions they ask you actually trivia questions i love it i love i love movie trivia questions and that's probably the biggest reason why i enjoy going to bubba gumps is because of that you know i mean you know as much as i love movies i can't say that i know every single bit of information about every single movie you know, but I just love going there. I love going to places where I can test my movie knowledge. Um, 
the last time I went, which was quite a while ago, um, I had gotten, I think, all but one question right. And there was actually a guy who had worked there. And our our waitress was talking to us about him. And, you know, because she was, she was, you know, she was surprised that I had known a lot of the answers. And she said, you know, there's a guy who works here. He's been working there for about three years. And he knows literally every single bit of information about Forrest Gump. The kicker was that he had never seen Forrest Gump. He knew everything about it, except he's never seen the movie, which I was just like, that's impossible. I mean, you have like 10 TV screens in this place that are constantly playing Forrest Gump. You have to have seen the movie. If you work like three or four days a week and you've been doing that steadily for three years, you've seen Forrest Gump. You've seen the movie. You have to have seen it. And she was swearing. She's like, no, she's like, no, no, for real. I swear he's never, he's never seen the movie. And I'm like, that dude's lying to you. But either way, I mean, like, how impressive would that be, though? If you've, if you know everything about a movie, whether it's Forrest Gump or another movie, doesn't really matter. But if you know everything about a movie, but yet you have not seen it, like, that's incredibly impressive. I mean, like, wow, like, good, good to you, bro. Good to you. But if you ever get the opportunity, I'm not sure if they're completely shut down or if it was just the one in my area. But if you have the chance, please definitely go out there and, and have, have a check it out, you know, try it. Their food is okay at best, but the atmosphere is the reason to go. Um, they also have a little gift shop. They also have a little gift shop with like little magnets and little stuffed animals and t-shirts and stuff like that. Pretty pretty fun place. I, I truly enjoy it, and I am very sad that it is gone. But this is dedicated to you guys. Bubba Gump, we miss you. I miss you, at least. I can't say it for we. It's only me. So with all that said, guys, thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate every time I do this and you guys listen. I, I love it. Um, definitely take care of yourselves. Stay home as much as possible. If you have to go out, make sure you have your gear on. Make sure you have your face mask on, your gloves, You know, whatever you need to feel safe and protected and to have everybody else feel safe and protected. You know, just make sure you do that. I know some people are out there. They're like, you know what? I don't like wearing my mask. It's very uncomfortable. You know, I don't need gloves. You know, I, I don't like it, so I'm not going to do it. But it's not just for you. It's for everybody around you. You know, we're trying to keep everybody safe here. It's not just about me anymore. It's about we. You know, we, we want to keep everybody safe as possible. We want to make sure that we, we just nip this in the bud as soon as possible. I feel like if we just take care of each other, and have each other and our have everybody in our thoughts, you know, we'll be able to to just finish with this. You know, I mean, I'm getting tired of it too, but you know, I'm still like, if I have to go out tomorrow, I'm still gonna make sure that I'm I'm, I'm wearing everything I need to. So let's just let's do this, guys. Let's let's keep each other safe. Now, for those of you who listen on a regular basis, you know that at the end of these, I normally do some kind of quote from the movie I'm talking about. Now, with Forrest Gump. That is a little difficult. You know, it's, it's a movie that's filled with quotable quotes. You know, life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Stupid is as stupid does. Mama says, mama says, mama says, you know, it's filled 
with quotes. So I did find one. I was at first I was kind of looking for kind of a longer quote just to kind of like keep it going a little bit more. But I I figured let's go for a short one this time. Don't ever let anybody tell you they're better than you. Thanks a lot, movie lovers. Be safe and we'll see you next time.